everybody, welcome back to the number one and starting to be the most controversial podcast in Canada, you know, as we uh, dive into men's health and a lot of stuff lately, which uh, is fun, man. It's fun talking about that because stirring I feel the like pot. it's not even stirring the pot. It's like, you know, as guys, we should be allowed to talk about our opinions, what we want, what we like. And we'll bring in other perspectives 100%. too. We'll bring in, we're going to bring in some female perspectives. Yeah. We're going to be a lot of different uh perspectives and yeah be interesting conversation and it's funny like just like before we segue into this episode like our last reel that we just posted i i went on and i seen like okay it started taking off whatever and then i seen all the comments and it's like the real basically what we said was as women hit 30 their perspectives are different than when men hit 30 right women as you said their biological clock starts ticking mm-hmm. so they're like you know what we need to find someone that's a good potential etc they want to have kids a family etc majority of women that's right? why people get upset when we when you generalize general majority of women right yeah if i was to put a fucking as back to if 100 women in a room and we asked them a question majority of the women would want that kids family etc etc right yeah people just started getting it they and called like you the general- said the sloth they no, called me, me fucking Andrew Tate, bald head. I'm like, what? One guy called you uh, the wish version of Andrew Tate. <laughs> yeah. That was funny, bro. That was funny. It's I'm funny. like, holy shit. It's okay. I'm like, bro, I'll, take that. I'll, take, I'll take that. <laughs> but uh, yeah, we have a special guest today, and I'll let Matt bang this up. Let's go, Matt. Yeah, I'm back, by the way. Yeah, he's, he's left us, back. but he's back. Yes. Yeah, here and there. But we have a good guest. I uh, just spent some time with him in Costa Rica. He runs Elemental Vaughn in Vaughn. Uh, master of breath work in my opinion uh very much into the whole same journey i'm kind of on you guys have caught a vibe based on recent episodes we have mr gio bartolomeo here thank you for coming yeah well my pleasure yeah. he's Welcome. uh Great to meet he's you. here from costa rica so you moved to costa rica and we'll get into that mm-hmm. but back in toronto for now mm-hmm. so welcome yeah thanks good to be here uh what's uh, what's element what is that? Yes, Elemental is um, it's a space. Um, it's like a studio. We have like yeah. float tanks. We got oh, saunas, dope. ice baths. We do breathwork classes there. Do vi- vitamin drips. We're so up in um, Vaughn. Nice. Just just near Vaughn Mills. The, the oh mall fuck! There. I'm, yeah. I'm I, didn't, I didn't know that, yeah. brother. That's so sick. Is that Matt? That's where you've been going. Uh, other ship downtown. Yeah, well, I've, been, I've done Elemental. Yeah, too. I was my there last night. Yeah, yeah, I know Robbie from Other Ship. They're nice, uh, yeah. they got a good vibe going on there for sure. So you own that? You own it? Elemental, yeah. Okay, and yeah. so like, is it uh, like a monthly, monthly thing? You can just drop in if you want. Yeah, There's memberships. We're pretty flexible. Just, uh, just create an awesome space for people to feel better physically and just meet really interesting people. Yeah. Is there is like for me like I, I see everyone doing the cold like the bats and all this stuff and like I tell myself I'm gonna do it tomorrow. I'm gonna do it tomorrow. I'm gonna do it tomorrow. But I never do you it. You gotta go to a place and do it because if you fill up your own bathtub, you're not getting in. I guarantee it. And if you get in, you're own, not staying. I will in. never fill up my own bathtub again. <laughs> that will never work. Okay. But like I need to even like that, a cold shower. You're not staying under. No, but I need to be in that environment where they yeah. have that tank and you jump in. And it's yeah. like, bro, people are looking Just at you. Do it. Yeah. You know? yeah. <laughs> well, it's like a whole well, meditation. You the lake right here. Once it hits like November, December, I can't swim. Jump in. You can't. You cannot swim. Whoever wants to teach Joe how to swim, just head him some of those water flow. I'm actually trying to like that's my goal for this till next summer is to learn how to swim. Nice. You can do it, bro. Yeah, you can do it. hundred percent. You know what it is? I see like everyone jumping off yachts and cliffs and all this stuff, and I'm like, I want to fucking do that. Yeah, I can't yeah. do that with a life jacket. It's not cool. You know? <laughs> like, that's I pretty badass. A couple, couple floaty devices. That's it. Good. So I want to dive into uh, because I feel like Matt's been on the same sort of journey right and it's like i want to say journey i say it's just like 
it's it's a way of life, right? Which a lot of people are now like opening their eyes to and is getting very more popular. What made you, you know, get into this, right? How how did it start? Cuz I feel like it's it's a moment in everyone's life that clicks and you're like, okay. Yeah, it's um where do I start this story? It's a long one. Well, first when you said the word journey, yeah. you know, um again, I think everyone's on a journey. Yeah. You know, like whether it's a business journey or like just life in itself is this whole journey from start to finish, right? Mm-hmm. And then a lot of the things that we do, we get end up getting these patterns as we from our earlier years, um, we start seeing the world through a lens and we start understanding the world from a certain perspective, what our parents tell us, the experiences we have, the friends we're around, and you start making this reality. And then there comes a point in a lot of people's life where something doesn't feel right. Like they feel like they're running the hamster wheel, they're stressed, they hate their job, they wake up every morning like, what's the point of this mm-hmm. shit? And a lot of people don't know what to do at that point because they don't have the right guidance, they don't have um, any experience, they're just looking like to what other people are doing around them that they think are happy. You know, like if I make a lot of money, I'm gonna be happy. If I, you know, I get a hot girlfriend, I'm gonna be happy. If I do all these things, which are really like a means to an end, I'm gonna be happy, but they never really think about like what actually makes mm-hmm. me feel happy. Yeah. You know, they think about like, what can I do to make me happy? And so like, I went to a uh, business school at your called Schulich. I don't know if you've heard of yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah. Definitely. So I went there and, um, well, before that, my first kind of awakening was like when I was in my twenties, I thought I was sick. I thought I was like dying. I became a hypochondriac for like maybe about a year in my life where I just like was going to the internet and then I would Google something. This is like right at the beginning of Google. And like you put any kind of symptom, like, Hey, like. I feel like uh, I think I had like laryngitis or something. I feel like the lump in my throat. It's like, oh, you have cancer. You have this. You have that. And then just my mind started going off. I was under a lot of stress too. And when you're under stress, um, you get paranoid because your body is kind of in this defense mode. So that all the worst things is like heightened for you because that's like self-defense, right? If you were like in the wild yeah. and you're afraid, it's like, what's a danger? I need to protect myself. Mm-hmm. So that kind of opened my eyes to like the medical industry and i went through all these crazy conspiracy theories trying to like understand like what true healing was and so like it didn't create a huge shift but it just opened my eyes to like different possibilities from what the reality that i knew was and that was a big one for me it was like wait what do you mean like the world is not exactly like this you mean there's medical companies that only care about money and don't really care about helping people and there's all these side effects all this shit. so that just was one crazy rabbit hole that you know came up for me again the last few years but i kind of saw a, from, a different, angle, from a different from a different angle we still don't know the truth but like there's a lot of shady shit going yeah, on right oh, now 100%. so mm-hmm. especially now yeah so so that was kind of the first kind of jar and what i what i like i work with a lot of people i coach people and like usually people's shift comes from a period of darkness you know what i mean they have to hit that kind of like whoa wait a minute i can't do this and the subconscious mind and the ego likes to it'll stay in discomfort and pain rather than going something that's uncertain so like even if you're struggling right now but you know what you're dealing with you'd rather be there than making a huge change that is totally uncertain like that's just the nature of it and it takes a lot of courage to go beyond that or you gotta like hit rock bottom and get forced through the other side Mm -hmm. so i didn't have either of that um and sometimes i'm kind of like i wish my story was a little more crazier where like something crazy happened to me as a shift i see these speakers they talk about like almost dying in an accident i've had a few crazy experiences but anyways 
So I'm going to school. My dad's like, you're going to be a CA, you know, because he was an accountant. He never got a CA. So he's all these CAs being successful. And they're like, then they can start their own businesses. They have all these, you know, whatever. I'm like, okay, fine. So I'm doing it. And I'm like, third year Schulich. And I just hate my life right now. It's just like, like all my friends yeah. are going out. They went to Humber College. They're partying. They're doing all this crazy stuff. And here I am studying my ass off or something I hate. And I'm thinking like, I can't do this for the rest of my life. Like, there's no way. No. Like, I'll, I'll, I'll. I'll kill myself. Yeah. Probably not, but like I'll be just miserable fuck. Yeah. And so like I was walking back and it was the first time like like a number really stood out to me. It was like a sign. It was like my third year Canadian tax law book. It was $111. And I just remember like looking at that number on the cash register. 111? 111. And it was like speaking to me in a way. I don't know what it was saying, but I'm walking back and I have this like, it's like this thick and I feel like I have a cross on my back. I'm halfway from the parking lot at York. It's crazy like one hour walk to go from like, the bookstore oh, work in the middle of winter. I remember that. And I'm contemplating <laughs> like, am I really going to do this? And I was like, that was the point. I was like, no, like I made a decision to say like, you know, I'm going to go a different direction. I'm not going this way. And I had a very entrepreneurial spirit and I'm like, I'm just going to get into business for myself. I didn't know what. Went back, returned it. Cause you know, you have like, something like 48 hours yeah, get 100 yeah. refund then after yeah, that you start like losing money yeah, yeah. yeah. that's so, like big it's like two yeah. grand right off the top it's like, yeah. it was like do it now so i stayed in in Shulek. i just yeah. returned the, the book and i just took all electives of like marketing entrepreneur all that kind of stuff started my first business which was in the clothing business started making like t-shirts called like ryan ginger made like just cool t-shirts i started seeing people wearing them at clubs and stuff like that which was kind of cool and then from there i just went on this like I'm going to try everything it takes to get to be successful. Because in my mind, that was the answer. It was like, you make money, you're going to be happy. You can do whatever you want. And like, that's the answer to life. Yeah. That's what everyone around me was kind of uh, showing to me from, from the lens I was looking at. As my dad was saying, that's what my friends were going after. As you see online. That's what everyone the in World Bridge. Shows, yeah. You know, this is like early online. So there was no real social okay, media okay. back then. Like probably like 2003, 2004. But then it's like what you're growing up around, right? Like the, the area like of Woodbridge. Woodbridge was like, yeah. Like, so, and, and again, like my parents weren't rich by any means. Like we were, we were okay, but we didn't have a lot of money. Um, you know, I used to drive a burgundy minivan, the, the Dodge Caravan. That was like my first car. It was funny, <laughs> but I loved it. I don't give a shit. <laughs> so I start doing pretty good in the food business. I start like doing like construction projects, just like hustling, trying to make money, running in circles, learning a lot, losing money, making money here. And like, as soon as I start, like I get married, have kids, finally got like a BMW, which is a crazy story of manifestation. Cause when I was, when I was a kid, when I was in, in university, I remember the 2000 and, um, 2007, I think it was. 2003 2003 they changed the model of BMW yeah. I loved it I printed this picture it was like this weird kind of blue color and I put it on my desk I would stare at it every day and then like years later I have a BMW I bought it used uh, but I, I was cleaning out my closet and I found that picture it was oh, the exact wow. same car I looked at it every day I That's manifested amazing. it like years later yeah, I was driving amazing. it and so I have all these things and I remember one day I was like sitting at the side of my bed and I was just like, I like this daydream. I looked at my hands and I look like, they look at my grandfather's hands, like really old and wrinkly. Like I was kind of like daydreaming. And the thought that came to me was like, if you keep doing what you're doing right now, you're going to age and you're going to wake up this bed like when you're 80 and, and like your life yeah. would have passed you by. And you would have done your two vacations a year and go watch football every Sunday and get hammered on Fridays and do all the things you're doing now. But it was like, who gives a fuck? Like what? That's so meaningless. Yeah. And I was like, "Why am I here?" And then I, as soon as I had that awareness that I had no real purpose in my life, everything I was doing was, "How can I make money in an easy way? How can I do the least amount, make money?" And I was doing 
trust me, like all kinds of crazy shit that I won't even get into. Um, and it was just like, once I had that awareness, it started growing. Like every day I go to work and I was like, I don't like this. People that I started like not resonating with anymore. It was like, cause I could tell like they were just worried about money. They didn't give a shit about me. If I offered them value, yeah. then they wanted to be yeah. my friend or whatever. If I didn't have anything to offer, it was very transactional. Yeah. Everything was like, I give you something, I get something in return. I want to make a deal. I want to win. And it was like this crazy way of like, like I was starting to see like life like that. Like, fuck, this is not a good way to live. It's just like a transaction. Everything's a transaction. Mm-hmm. Everything's about transaction. Yeah. It was all about like, you got something of value. Yeah. Then it got, but I was kind of raised like that. And this took me years to figure out. Like just recently in a, in Costa Rica, um, I did a mushroom experience. Um, it was a kind of story. I had a bunch of friends come in around New Year's to Costa Rica. And I kind of like replaced like, maybe some patterns from the past now because of being like validated of being important. Like that was something that I realized was a pattern that I had. And all these friends were coming like, let's do something. It's okay. My friends got this cool property. They got waterfalls with some mushrooms. They go for like a cool hike. The day that it comes, like everyone's busy. No one shows up. No one's their phone. I'm at the, like the, the smoothie shop with my buddy's place. I'm like, I don't think anyone's coming. And like, I felt this like, like sense of like not being good enough or like no one likes you. And I was like, you know what? I mean, this is a sign. This is supposed to be a day for me because I'm always working. I'm always like trying to like do things. So we go into the jungle. I'm laying in this river, watching the butterflies, and I'm like, oh, this is the, this is exactly what I needed. It was mm-hmm. so perfect. It was so perfect. But then an hour goes by. I'm like, oh, I wish I could bring. I can't wait to bring this person here. I can't wait to bring that person there. And I can't like my mind starts going back to I want to bring other people here to share this. Mm-hmm. And I was like. The question was like, I saw the pattern, but it was like, why am I having this? And then a few weeks later, I did another experience with 5-MeO DMT on the beach, just with some breath work with microdosing. Yeah. So just microdosing in, doing breath work. And and I went to this experience of where like, when my brother was born. And it, it, it showed me that from like the age of zero to five, I was the oldest child. I was alone. And I didn't have a big brother. So I felt scared, went to school. There's no one there to protect me. And... And, you know, it took a few years for my brother to be old enough to play with. So probably till about like 10, I, I had this feeling of loneliness in my life. And I realized that whenever I went to school, like I had to prove that I was worthy. So like I studied, I got, I was smart. I wanted to let people know that like I had something to offer. So if you're smart, people are going to need you to do their homework. And I realized I picked up that pattern from when I was a kid. And then whenever I felt rejected in life, the first thing I would do is I'm going to get better. I'm going to the gym. I'm going to work out. Like anytime I failed, it was like, I got to be better. I got to yeah. show that I'm worthy. And like, even when I was successful and had everything that I needed, this pattern was still underneath the surface that I couldn't stop it. But now that I knew what it was, now I could start changing it. Mm. This fear of missing out. I want to go to the club or I want to go here. I don't even care about going. I just want to go to, so people can see me and know them around and remember me. Yeah. It's like, hey, he's a cool guy. He's great, whatever. And so like all those experiences show me this pattern that I picked up from from being a young kid. So I don't know how I segued into this, but... Um, <laughs> no, it's beautiful. I think a lot of people can relate with that. Oh, 100%. I'm an only child, so I'm just like, I'm taking points right now. Yeah, like, oh, 100%. I, that whole story. I'm like this because of this. That. Right, so like yeah. you, you, you start seeing these patterns, but it took me a long time to start realizing, like, so where did I wake up? It's like, I don't know, I'm still on this journey of like realizations. Yeah. And the more you start having self-awareness, the more you start seeing all these subtle layers of like, who am I? Why do I act these ways? What do I really want in life? Yeah. Mm. Um, so around that time, oh yeah, I don't remember where it was. So around that time, I started feeling the emptiness. I didn't know what was going on. Um, started like just noticing like myself in situations where I was like, I can't be here. Like at work, it's like 
fuck this, I'm out of here. Like, you yeah. notice yourself like distancing, distancing yourself from like certain people, friends, just having less patience, yeah. arguing with people that I just like whatever. Like, yeah. I don't want to be here. Whatever you want. It got to the point where a couple businesses and I walked away. Like, took like huge losses. Mm. It was like this is a little bit later on in the story, but it was just like I, once I knew for sure. And I, I felt trapped in these businesses because of like investment, because of like how much time I put in. Or you feel like I'm stuck. I don't want to give up that. But when I was able to let go and move on into the uncertainty that I was telling you about, because like intuitively, like I knew where I was was like holding me back, and I didn't know what was beyond it. But when I made the decision to jump into like the abyss, hmm. everything fucking changed. The like, like Fuck. my life. I live in Costa Rica now. I have all these online businesses. I have all these new friends. It made like like just everything started changing because I trusted in my intuition yeah. and I let go of, of what my mind was telling me. I was like, Hey, like this is what you're supposed to do. And my heart, and my gut was telling me something totally different. Hey everyone. Today's podcast is sponsored by HireSwipe, a new app revolutionizing the job application process. If you're tired of filling out job applications and resubmitting the same resume over and over again, HireSwipe is for you. When you see a job you're interested in, you simply swipe right on the screen and you automatically apply for the role. Not interested? No worries. Just swipe left and see what other jobs are available in an instant. Ditch the resume and start swiping. It's simple with how to swipe. I like oh, how in the beginning you mentioned that like we see life currently, like everyone that's living that hasn't had this awakening or hasn't like, from my perspective, woken up yet, sees life. And I still see life from this point of view, but I can still relate to the other side. We'll get to that. But it's like we have this lens and it's like as we go older it's all the stuff that we're shown on media social media the news people that we are friends with our parents and all this information and from there we build this perspective of what life is what we are what our purpose is etc but for me like i like i'm still like that like i'm very like business all that oriented and i want to take that leap like fresh in my mind how I do it for myself is like, I take these vacations. And once I go on these vacations and I go to these places, I feel like a million times better. And I tell myself, I'm like, I wanna live here. Like, I do not wanna come back home. As soon as I come back here, I'm like, fuck my life, right? And I'm like, I'm back into this, but I'm like, why am I here? Because I have my business and all this stuff. And I'm like, but it's perfect, uh, yeah. and and the way the way I think life is set up, it's like you get like inserted into this like fucking video game yeah. where you have these challenges and this situation that's given to you. It's like, hey, what do you want to do? You have always a yeah. choice on how you want to do it, like yeah. always. And like when it gets hard, it's hard decisions. Like, hey, do I want to just like stay comfortable or do I have one life to live? It's like yeah. fuck it, like I'm gonna try something new. And and um, I I think it's perfect. And like when I look back on all the worst things that's ever happened to me and I, and I see them now for how it shifted my life, I'm so grateful for all of them because I was like, okay, like if that never happened, I would not have made these big changes or differences. Mm -hmm. So, so I start feeling that way and I start like asking, so I don't know what to do. So I don't have any mentors. I don't know anyone that's like, kind of like, this is like around like 2012 and I, um, and I'm like, okay, I'm going to start Googling shit and I'm going to start like looking for like What's the meaning of life? Start reading different philosophies. Start reading Buddhist philosophies. Start reading the Bhagavad Gita. Start learning about different religions. Start like stoicism. I'm trying to like grasp for like, give me something that makes sense. Like, yeah, I grew up as Catholic Christian. I didn't really resonate so much. Like Jesus is a cool dude. I love the stories, but you know, like (laughs) it didn't feel super real to me. And like, I've had some crazy ayahuasca experiences where I've like interacted with like my perception of Jesus. It was actually Jesus. Who knows? But 
it, it led me to a path where I started watching YouTube videos and all of a sudden one video in the comments, um, I was watching Alan Watts video. If you know Alan, Watts, Alan Watts, he's like, he's my guy. He's like, I yeah. Love, so which like, one? So, oh, I, this, I don't know. This was like five years ago. So like, yeah. but like what he, what he was talking about, about the kind of Buddhist philosophy really resonated with me. Mm-hmm. And in one of the videos, someone put a comment, which stood out more than the actual video. It was like, if you think Alan Watts is interesting, uh, Terrence McKenna will blow your mind. Yeah, I'd never heard this cool. name. And I'm like, mm-hmm. okay, who's Terrence McKenna? So I look him up. The, from the first video I watched, it goes into like a six hour binge of Terrence McKenna videos. Oh, He's yeah. talking about like, <laughs> that happens. going down to the Amazon looking for uh, mushrooms and um, ends up finding ayahuasca deep in the Amazon jungle and these tribes they just like give him the stuff he starts explaining how he goes on this like journey to like the death and it's just a crazy and he's such like a poet the way he explains mm. it and I was immediately like okay like this is the first thing that was like boom like intuition was like mm. going off like crazy I gotta mm. find this I got I need to know more at the same time I was watching Netflix a lot and and you know me and my wife watch every night but now today after the next day after it's like DMT the spirit molecule documentary <laughs> and I'm like what's going on here's so all these signs and so like when you talk about like um, synchronicity mm. about like things happening my perspective is the signs are always there but when you start becoming aware and see them then they kind of like you can see them so like that was always yeah. there I just didn't have the awareness to see yes. it what's the thing about the car like when you manifestation when you, when you manifest the car you th- or you think about a car like oh, I never seen this car then you go outside then you start to see it what, yeah. what's the one you were always seeing you told me this was a couple years back uh, I don't remember. You're like, uh, I, I want this car. Like, like you're manifesting yeah, yeah. the car. And then and you go out and I see it. And I see it. Well, like, that's how the brain works. Yeah. It's part of your brain called the reticular activating system. Mm. Okay. And the brain is kind of like, it does what you tell it to do. And so, like, it was used for survival as part of the brain. So, like, you're hungry. Mm. And it's like, okay, now it's going to find all of these things for food. I'm looking for food. There's like a squirrel I could kill, or there's like some berries or whatever. Uh, it still works like that now. Mm. So what you put in your brain is going to help you. So if you're putting negative thoughts like, I can't get a girl, well, I fucking always losing money, your brain's like bringing these experiences into your reality because exactly. it thinks like that's yeah. what you want. You're putting yeah. this program in there. Mm-hmm. So if you start focusing on like, hey, I have this thought, I'm going to change it. What's the opposite of this that I actually really want? It's like, okay, like anything's, in, like, anything's possible. New opportunity is going to come my way. Yeah. Like it doesn't have to be like the way it is. Um so anyway, so I, I, I watch a spirit molecule and like the people that are sharing their experience, I could see in their eyes, like there's no way the words they're saying is explaining like, like how, how the experience is. I can see it's so profound. I tell my wife, I got to do this. So I email the, the guy who, who does the, um, Rick Strassman, he's, he's the guy, I find his email somehow. Hey, Ben, I want to volunteer for a study for DMT. He's like, yeah, you know, that's not happening. Like it's like, a, it was a very rare study. There's nothing going on, but um, go see this guy in Brazil, like do ayahuasca. It's like the same kind of thing, a little bit different. What year was this? This is 2012. 2012, okay. okay. Yeah. So no one no one I knew knew yeah, anything about right. this kind of stuff at that time. And even mushrooms, like to do He's it just like, in an intentional see this way. random dude in Brazil, go do this. Yeah, like, yeah. Sure. <laughs> even mushrooms then, like, like I used to do it at parties mm. and shit like that, but I've never thought like you can use them in an intentional yeah. way, right? Mm-hmm. And so I reach out to this guy and I'm like, hey, you know, Rick Strassman told me to connect with you. He's like, yeah, you know, we got our next one coming up in March. You should come, blah, blah, blah. So I go to tell my wife. I'm like, hey, um, I got to go to Brazil. And I'm going to go, you know, drink this like psychedelic tea <laughs> she's probably like, in the jungle. The and she's like, are you fucking crazy? Yeah. Like, <laughs> like we had a daughter, we had another kid on the way. And I just felt this strong urge to really negotiate 
And I ended up think having to get her a BMW out of it to like, <laughs> to, to like close the deal. She's probably like sitting down like, fuck, man. This guy. Just buy me a car. But, and but she knew like the way I am. Like yeah. when I get something in my mind, it's happening. Yeah. But like I really wanted her to be on board and started like trying to like educate her mm. on it and stuff like that. And so I went and like my first experience, I had a death experience. Like I completely died. This was your first like not psychedelic experience, but your first experience with ayahuasca. ayahuasca. First ayahuasca. Tell us about the whole that. Let's dive yeah, like, into that. Yeah, first like you experience. get there, you drink it. There's a shaman. Like how how is how so, is it? So so this this guy, interestingly enough, he was like an OG um, in the Western world. He was from South America. He was actually friends with Terrence McKenna growing cool. up. They were like they did a lot of stuff together. He wrote a few books. Luis Eduardo Luna. And he had this cool house in Florianopolis, which is an island in Brazil. So the north side is a little more jungly. It was like a lot of surf. It was just beautiful. Mm. I was expecting going to like a jungle and like being in a hut, but this was like perfect. Like this was exactly what what I wanted. And um, yeah, they just they, you know a couple talks. They prepare. You talk about your intention, and then like the first time, it's like you don't know what's what's about you know, to happen. Fuck. Like, is you, there a lot of people there? There was about twelve people. Twelve, okay, decent enough. And like you drink it and you just go lie down and you're just waiting. You're waiting for something to happen and like nothing, nothing. Oh yeah. <laughs> and all of a sudden you see like a flash of light. Like what the fuck did it, what just happened? Like I saw something, you know, and you're just relaxing. And then slowly like this waves of like colors start coming on. And then you just go into this like dream. They're playing music and like the most amazing music. And like, you're just like, so it's very visual, very visual. Like you're just floating in this alternate reality. It's different for everyone. And even just putting words to it is very challenging. Mm-hmm. Um, but I had this experience where, like, I died. Like, I saw myself getting kind of, like, beat into death. I don't know if it was, like, this life or a past life. And when I realized what was happening, I just kind of, like, surrendered to it. Like, I wasn't going to fight. Like, I don't know, just, like, let go. And, like, I died. Everything went dark. And then, like, I had this experience of my body decomposing under the earth because I was, like, buried. And then, like, my consciousness, like, shattered into a million different consciousnesses of all the maggots eating my body and then turning into like grass shooting through like the earth and coming out into the sun like all at once it was the most crazy wow. beautiful intense experiences probably puked a few times during that process because it's like so intense yeah. like you you don't know how to handle it because your brain is just like exploding with like an experience that is so different from anything you've ever yeah, experience. experience and i think like trying ayahuasca in, in like a, a real way like not just like going one week and having a cup like really spending a week is an experience that's probably just as important as like having sex having a kid getting married like these real life experiences that like people should have you know if they're ready and if they're called right. how long was the actual like trip it's probably like six to eight hours so it is a long time yeah. isn't it eh? yeah it's long it's long and that Wait, whole time you're buzzing. It feels like six to eight hours? Or no, six it's six to eight hours. So you Jeez. probably drink. I can't remember when we started. Probably like 7 p.m. And, and you're it goes like conscious, two, like you feel like two, right three now? in the morning. You, just have, you don't move. You're just laying down the whole time. You're laying down. Yeah, you move. Some some people get really active. Um, you purge. So it's like throwing up. Yeah. And like a lot of people are afraid of throwing up and shitting their pants and stuff like that. But when you have that experience, no one gives a fuck. No one cares what you're doing. Yeah. You don't care what anyone else is doing. But like when you purge, it's like there's like these things that you hold on to in your life that are inside of you. Like memories, emotions, self-doubt, all this stuff. Experiences that you create these stories around. And the ayahuasca is trying to clean this out of you. And so like if you're willing to let go and surrender, it'll pull this out. And when, it, when it's coming up, 
it brings back those feelings that you felt around those things. So it can be very uncomfortable. Mm. And the human nature is we don't want to feel uncomfortable. So whenever we feel uncomfortable in life, what do we do? We avoid it. Right. Exactly. We, we, we look for like things like sex and sports and alcohol and drugs and working out just to avoid feeling our emotions because it's uncomfortable. But when you start doing the work and, and start processing it, on the other side of it is freedom because you let go of these kind of stories that are holding you back and you can actually change that lens through which you see the world. You know, you polish it a little bit or you change the taint or you get like a high de uh, high definition kind of lens that you put in your mm -hmm. camera, right? Because you can change that lens because you can change the story that's in your mind yeah. about how things are. It provides right? perspective, right? And what did it, what did you take from that first experience? Well, that one really showed me that like I know fuck all. Like at that point, I thought I knew right. some stuff because I was doing all, reading all this philosophy, and I realized right. everything that I'd read, I, I tried to understand from my mind. But like, there's a whole another level of experiential knowledge, and not just in ayahuasca, just in life in general. Right? Like you can study all you want, but unless you start a business, you don't know. Right, that's no, true. You, know, you can be like a drug counselor, but if you've never been an addict, you don't know. Yeah, you yeah. don't know really what they what they went through or how like it really is to like. So like, I'd rather yeah. have someone that's been through the fire than someone that's just read about it in a book. And that's what, uh, mm. uh, to touch on that, what you just said is like, when I was going through my chemo and I had cancer, I was, I had a therapist I had to go see. And I would sit down with this person and I would have these conversations. And like, I was to myself, I would be like, how do you know what I'm feeling? You've never experienced this. Mm -hmm. Yeah, you can t navigate yourself, educate yourself. Oh, this is how you feel, et cetera, et cetera. But until you haven't, physically experience that problem like for an addict until you for you're preaching about drugs if until you haven't been an addict yourself and you know how fucked up it is how it can ruin your life relationships etc you 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 won't you won't be able to say the truth right mm -hmm. you'll just be going off the textbook that's what a lot of people i feel like do in life they're just textbook their whole life in their head everything about traveling whatever it may be is all what they see online or what they read about but they haven't experienced it right and and then like you start understanding these things or i start understanding these things and then it goes back to like catholicisms like thou shall not judge others or judge and be judged and i was like okay like how can i judge someone if i don't know what what they went through like right. you look at a drug addict and you think like look at this fucking idiot like yeah. how could they fucking do that but i started learning that like Drug addicts, they're not like that because they choose to be like that. They've experienced a lot of trauma, a lot of pain, and, like, this is what they were left with, kind yeah. of, like, to kind of, like, stop that. They didn't really have any other tools. And I started just trying not to, like, trying, because, you know, being free from judgment, like, you know, that's a, that's a process in itself. But it's trying to let people be who they are, not try to change people, not try to, like, you know, even with me and my wife, I'm going through this crazy transformation. And, and in the beginning that, it was, like, really rocky for a while, you know? We're like, we're not the same people when we met. I'm not into all the same things I, I used to be. You know, I want her to change the being like, oh, you got to do this. You got to like read this stuff. You got to do this. She wasn't ready. She was like, fuck that. I don't want to do that. Yeah. How did and you so, guys get through that experience? Patience and just mm -hmm. showing like, like the impact it was having on me and like trying to just be more loving, more open, more like. This is my journey and this is your journey. Patience. And, like, and then through patience, she kind of started wanting to experience it. And like now we do ayahuasca together. We no go way. like Rhythmia. How was her first experience? Yeah, yeah. crazy. Yeah. You know, like again, like oh. someone's first ayahuasca experience is like for me, it's like it's amazing to see someone like the mm. day after. Like so when I go to Rhythmia, I go there's like a speaker now. And like you go there and like half people may have been there before, but you have half of people, it's their first time. Yeah. And you see them scared, of course, going in, a little nervous, not sure what to expect, not sure what's gonna come up. And the next day you see them, they're just like someone like 
I don't even know what the fuck just happened. So I'm like, oh my God, it's the best night of my life. So I was like, I, I fucking so scared. And then like the courage to go back night after night, you see like how people start changing and how like their eyes open to like this whole new reality of like yeah. what I experienced my first few times is like, hey, I know nothing. I was shown a glimpse of what's possible in this experience the, mm. in the universe. And what I used to know before this was probably like a fraction of a percent yeah. of reality. Yeah. You know, it gives you a perspective on life in general when you're just carrying yourself through life. So everything that you look at, I can imagine that you probably look at it differently now. Oh, or yeah. Maybe more humbly in a positive way. For sure. Yeah, for sure. Like it definitely changes your perspective on all that. And from there, like life just changed in a way where I was just like really became more clear on like that those feelings i felt like my intuition my gut like then just became amplified yeah it was that's like, what's interesting even with your story like you were very you were very in tune with your awareness and stuff were you doing anything to develop that or are you just kind of just always intrinsically had once it? i started like on this path i tried meditation i did fasting i got i did this like once i did a fast for like 55 days without eating food because like i was like curious about like you hear like in the Bible, they go into the desert and like Muhammad and Jesus. I'm like, okay, something's there. Yeah. If we're talking about it, they have these yeah. mystical experiences. And like the, the native Indians do it. They do these like vision quests where they go out in nature and they got to like sit there for four days. They can't sleep. They can't eat. They can't do yeah, anything. I've seen it on, um, oh, interesting. I was watching that show. Yeah. Fuck. Uh, yeah, Yellowstone. Oh, yeah, and they were yeah. doing that. Well, that's like, what that was. You sit there for like four days. Yeah, so I have a friend of mine yeah. is coming. He's uh, from North Dakota. His name's Sal Giancarella, yeah. Italian guy that grew up with some of the, the, um, the tribes and they do like a whole week of that kind of stuff they're coming up to ontario so i did one with them and um a 24-hour vision quest just out there in the forest at night just like sitting there it's like it's wild like it really gives you perspective like and and when you don't sleep for four days you start hallucinating so like he told me a story of like on his fourth day of like no food no water so you give up all the things to sustain life to kind of give back to the earth like that's kind of like the essence of that kind of ceremony and he's like on the fourth day, like all these spirits came to sit with him, and like he was like, uh, like uh, just con- conversing with yeah. them, like his ancestors and shit like that. And when you look into the the science behind it, it's like yeah, if you don't sleep for four days, you start hallucinating. Like your dreams yeah, become like living sure. reality. Yeah. yeah, but there's a lot of benefits to like uh, I've read read before as well. It's like when you do like the same thing. I haven't experienced it. I read it. It's like uh, when you do like these long fasts, like thirty days, etc. It's like your like your body's like you're regrowing everything like you're cleaning out your whole body and like it can help with like diseases and anything, yeah so like right? a three-day water fast yeah. is like the starting point yeah. if you could do it three days yeah. just water it's a really good start and yeah. it's like i was doing dry fasting so i would i would drink grape juice only for 55 days and um i lost like 50 pounds my wife again that was crazy she's like what are you doing you're dying like my whole family's like are you sick I'm like no i feel i felt amazing yeah. i sleep in like four or five hours a night I was working like amazing, and, and when your mind gets really clear, like everything in my environment had to get like organized. My computer, I, and I'm messy in my computer, crazy desktop, all this shit. I mm. cleaned everything out, threw all these files, my desk and drawers. Everything just became so organized because like my mind was organized and clear. Mm-hmm. Well, I was probably like, do it again. Do it yeah, again. yeah. Right. <laughs> Stay on that grave. <laughs> I think this room needs to be organized. <laughs> right. Yeah. And then I would do like four or five days of like, dry fast, yeah. so like no food, no water, nothing, yeah. and I felt amazing. And I was just questioning like. Okay, maybe I'm not supposed to be eating as much yeah. as I am. So now I fast a lot. But to your point, like I would just experiment with things, and mm-hmm. like then I got into breath work. I met Wim Hof. You know, he became oh, like yeah, a that's cool. he's trained Wim Hof. Yeah, yeah. So like around that time, I came back and I was like just getting to I don't know what you call it, like spirituality, consciousness, just really like diving in and trying to like do meditation. This was right after that first ayahuasca experience. Yeah, this is like 2014. I found these guys that made this documentary in Toronto. Um, 
that were kind of like on the same page. I'm just reaching out to people, trying to find a community. Because you're very curious. Yeah. No one that was in my community, I could talk to about this stuff. Like they all thought I was crazy. Like my parents, my family, Italian family. Like I went vegetarian a few years before that. So I'm always like, doing how was all that these experience crazy with your things. family? Like with them seeing you, how did you kind of endure? Are you still vegetarian? I just recently oh, okay. started eating meat okay, after good. 13 years of oh, being vegetarian. Yeah. yeah. Oh, so you did it for 13 years. 13 years of vegetarian, strict. Yeah, but. Um, my family yeah that, that whole transitional period because like I'm, I can, I'm italian as well right so i could imagine so you know what the secret like. is for italians what as is long it? as you're successful and you're paying your bills and like that they don't care what you do that's so true that's so true if i wasn't working and quit my job this and that let's say they would disown yeah. me what's wrong with you yeah. lost your mind but yeah. because i was making money i stole my business at the time okay you must know what he's doing like yeah, yeah. do whatever you he want knows. like yeah like so my dad would joke about like when he'd introduce me he's like yeah this is my crazy son it's my vegetarian son this is my like he would introduce me to people like kind of like making fun of me in a way which is, i didn't mind like oh, whatever like I, I didn't care i started caring less and less what other people thought because it didn't matter and going back to the transactional nature of 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 my life I realized that initially my fears was going back to the business world. I can't share this because they're going to judge me. Mm. And I was afraid to lose business relationships or deals or whatever in my mind I thought was important. But then I was like, you know what? If they don't want to like me for who I am, if they don't know me as a person like me, I probably shouldn't want to do business with these people anyways. Yeah. So I started being open. I started talking about podcasts. just start sharing. I didn't care who heard it. But what happened was actually different than what I thought. Like my biggest fear was they're going to disown me or like write me off. They were curious. They saw a change in me. They wanted to know more. And it kind of opened this dialogue to bridge a gap between the people who had no exposure and and myself and just sharing openly. That didn't mean like they were everyone's going to run to do ayahuasca, but maybe they would try breath work or maybe they'd do like an ice bath or something like that. And so, yeah, some people dropped off. But what happened was I started attracting all these people who are on the same page. And that kind of is what really shifted into like my next phase of like doing business and ideas and people who are really into this kind of stuff. Because yeah. then you start working with people you're aligned with. Now it's you different. love it. Now it's like you're aligned. Like you have it. a passion, a yeah. vision that's aligned. It's different. And a lot of my old businesses, like my wife always said, all these partnerships, you got to stop being partners because we're all in business for like ourselves. I'm going to be partners with you, but I want to make money and you want to make money. If, if, if that starts getting in the way of us, like whatever, we're just going to be conflict. Right, but when you have a, a vision of like what you want to create something that's special or different, you're both on board, and you can communicate through that and like talk about like what's coming up in a more conscious way. It changed the whole dynamic for me of doing business, mm-hmm. right? And always not going into a relationship where like I got to win, even with I'm doing with a partnership or a deal. It's like I want to make sure that they come out good too, because I know in the long run it comes back. There's a really good book called The Go Giver. Mm-hmm. It's about giving first. Mm-hmm. It's about just being generous and giving without expectation, right? Because what well, a lot of people do the other, right? Doesn't make right. sense. Yeah. But what starts happening is like people start giving to you. You start attracting that back, and it comes like ten x the other way. Opportunities come. Mm-hmm. You know, you start putting this energy out of abundance, and it comes the other way. It sounds counterintuitive. I didn't really believe it at first either. But when I started doing it, I started realizing like, hey, like this is this is a real thing, right? Yeah. So I think my parents always tell me like when you give to like the homeless or the people that need it the most, etc., and you, you help them out. You get it back ten times. That's what my parents tell me, and it, it's fucked up as it sounds. It's it, it's real. Like it happens, right? Like oh, you'll help out like a family that's struggling. You help out people that need it the most, and like later on, like you'll see crazy shit in your life, and you're like, you sit back, you're like, maybe it's because I did that. Maybe it's because I did that, right? You just be open to receive. Yeah. You just give without expectation, yeah. and just be open to receive. That's been like kind of like my model for the last little while, and. 
yeah, it's been working pretty good. I'll so tell you a funny story. Uh, I had an online business. I used to do like phone skins and stuff, right? We weren't getting any sales. It was going very slow. I was like fucking all pissed off, whatever. Then I was having dinner and I was leaving and I seen a homeless guy and I was like, you know what? Just it's late at night. I'm like, I just had a good dinner, all this stuff, and I seen this person like in the cold just sitting there. So I took out a hundred dollars. I'm like, here you go, take it, enjoy. And then I go home. I wake up in the morning and I see like four hundred dollars worth of orders, and I'm just like sitting there. I'm just like, what the fuck just happened, you know? Yeah. And it just blows my mind. And it's just like, I remember like I call my girlfriend. I'm like, like this is so crazy. Like this happened like last night, and I wake up in the morning and I see this, and I'm just like, it's so true. Right? What did you, you give him? I gave him like a hundred dollars. because oh. it was cold. I had dinner, yeah, and I was yeah. like, you know what? I was in the mood, and I feel oh for your skins. Yeah, you got orders back. Okay, yeah, cool, I got cool, orders cool. for the skins. It was like four or five hundred dollars worth of orders, mm-hmm. and I was just sitting there blown away. And I'm like, that's all it is. Like, if you give without expecting anything, life will give back to you ten times. Yeah. Right? And that's yeah. what kind of causes yeah. the most suffering is expectation. Yeah. You know, like how things should be, yeah. and yeah. like even like when they talk about like unconditional love. Unconditional love means like loving someone without expecting to love yeah, you back. Yeah. And when you expect something back, that's when you suffer because yeah. you have an expectation. But when you can learn to just like love everything and love things just to love them and not because you want yeah. their reaction or their love or anything else, like it, it starts landing in a different way and you become happier mm-hmm. yeah. because you don't need anything back because you're not ex- expecting anything. Right. Yeah. I, and that's a practice. Yeah, go ahead. Sorry. No, I, I had a weird ass story with, I was on Lakeshore and like, like sometimes I'll, I'll give if I've changed and if I don't have change, I just, you know, I have nothing to give. So this one guy was coming. I'm like, you know what? Today I'm, it's a good day. I have a toonie. I'm going to give it to this guy. He had his cup, took the toonie. Then I see in my rear view, he's doing this dance with my toonie and he threw it. Really? I'm like, what the fuck? Like, I just gave you that. <laughs> Why? Like, I just, the guys, you're, you're out there trying to collect money and he did this thing and like just threw it. So I'm like, he, I'm like this guy's probably just on drugs. And he doesn't know what he's doing. He's out of his mind. But then after I'm like, or, that toonie is now working for me. That's gonna be like two million. Uh huh. You, you know? know, that's like two million dollars now. Toonie just hit the two mil because he just did some dance. Yeah. Threw it, threw it, and who knows? You know, but like, yeah. so right. I've right. never seen that guy again. So I have no idea. Yeah, you. Know, like, I'm always driving. That was that toonie. That was that Where's that toonie still? That toonie is that that working for me in the background. It's turning into something. You have big. to believe what you put out there is what you get back. Yeah. I truly do believe that. You know, if you do good things, you eventually you will get good things back. But it's to your point. You can't expect things so i think we i think it's really worth for people to uh like dive into what they value mm-hmm. like really go through what you what, what what it is that you value the most yeah. and i feel like, like as you because you you've done ayahuasca and you realize like life from a different perspective yeah, you realize like it took off that shell for me where it's like you know what like we are nothing but yet we are everything we are nothing and we make all these little problems so complicated and we let it overwhelm ourselves and we let it affect our health our relationships etc i had this exact same thing when i went when i back to my cancer story but when i had that that was my awakening that's a ceremony in itself man. because when i came out of that i came out like a changed person like i sat down at after i finished everything because basically like you wipe out your whole body of all your cells you're regrowing everything i came back and i just my whole perspective on life changed I started seeing people and like problems and like stuff that I used to be so worried about before. And I'm like, this is what I was upset about. Like, this is what, like, I I talk with my buddies and like, I'm hearing people conversate and have all these conversations about meaningless, pointless stuff. And I'm just like, 
there's so much more to life, right? Mm -hmm. And I feel like that's what these experiences do is just give you this, when you do like a near death experience, it just makes you realize like, like we're nothing. We're just like, what are we, like a bunch of like shit made up together with blood flowing. We have a brain we can think. But the fact that we have that is so spectacular, Just right? being here in this experience is a miracle in itself. Yeah, like, to be able to live a human life. Like, so one of my ayahuasca experiences, I was asking about like, like what about babies that die and like all this kind of shit? Like what's, what's like, why does that even exist? Yeah. And it was like saying like, the insight that came was like, it's all perfect. Like everything in this world is perfect the way it is. And it's designed like yeah. that so you can experience and yeah. learn and have these like, like that soul will come back a hundred times, mm. but that, that experience to just be born, mm. that's a miracle in itself. I agree. And the experience that that gives to the parents, yeah. because yes. like they have to grieve and look at life differently, that can wake them up. Yeah. And like, we look at things as very like situational, like this is bad, this is good. But ultimately, we don't know the impact that these things are going to have in the long run. 100%. And there's like an amazing book called The Surrender Experiment by Michael Singer. Um, I've that, read, I've read uh, yeah. what's the other one? Um, uh, Untethered Soul. I've read that one. Really good. And so like, he has this crazy life story about getting into meditation and starting this crazy tech company and like growing to like $300 million. And, and like, he just talks about how like all these things that happen in his life he like pauses and, and tries not to determine if it's going to be good or bad, let it to unravel itself and see what happens. Mm. And we start looking life at that like that in the moment, like, Oh, this is so bad. But it's like, Hey, wait, let's just see what happens. Mm -hmm. Right. So like, um, you know, your, your assistant that does all the work for you quits. And you're like, fuck, my life is over. I can't do anything, whatever. But two days later, maybe like someone even better, like 10 times is going to yeah. take your company to the next level comes in. Exactly. You know, like there's a Chinese parable about like, this farmer. Oh my God. I just watched the Shia LaBeouf. Uh, the, there was a really interesting, what everything we're talking about right now, it's so interesting because I just was, Shia LaBeouf's been on a couple podcasts that he's been discussing very similar things and he mentions this, but continue. This is a good story. Yeah. So something along the lines of, I'll probably not so say it exactly the same, but like there's this Chinese guy, he has a horse and the horse runs away. Mm -hmm. And the, all the people in the town are like, Oh, what bad luck you have. You lost your only horse. How are you going to survive? Blah, blah, blah. And he's like, you know, like what bad luck you have. He's like, oh, we'll see, you know, mm -hmm. like we'll see. The next day, the horse comes back with three other wild horses. And then the whole town comes in. They're like, oh, what good luck you have, you know? Like, now you have four horses. Now you have all this fortune and whatever. Like, so good. And he's like, you know, we'll see. Like, whatever. Like, not overly reacting either way. So his son tries to tame one of the horses and um, falls off and breaks his leg. And everyone in the, in the town comes. They're like, oh, what bad luck you have. It's a bad omen. You know, you're cursed, blah, blah, blah. He's like, yeah, we'll see. And then a couple of days later... China goes into war against some, I don't know, Japan or the Mongolians or something. And like the army starts coming around grabbing all the young kids. And his son can't go to war because mm. he's got a broken leg. Mm. And everyone's like, oh, what good luck you have. And he's like, you know, we'll see. And the moral of the story is in a moment, you can try to determine this is good, this is yeah, bad. Right. But in the in, in the long run, you know, it could be anything. And a lot of the times things are happening for you. Yes. You know, in life. A big one. And for it's, again, the lens yeah. you look at it through. You can get stuck on a bad experience yeah. and then just put yourself in a hole and just be like, oh, my life sucks. So now you start attracting all this it's other so, bad shit. It's so true because like, when I when I had that happen and I sat down and like I had that moment because I was young and I was like why me like why fucking me right out of everybody in this world out of everything why this why me why how why how what the fuck right mm -hmm. then after I just came to, like 
you know, to the, that's, it happened. There's nothing else I can do about it, right? Now, what am I going to do? Let's see what happens from it. Right. And I changed my whole perception. Like, people would see me like, yo, you're not worried. You're not, of course, there's, you're, you have this worrisome part, but like, you're not stressed or nothing. I'm like, it's life. The like, power I'm, of the I'm, mind yeah. is so powerful. Mm-hmm. Like, you'll see people yeah. get diagnosed with cancer yeah. and die in like a month. Di- because yes. it's your mind. Yeah. Right? Some people yeah. get yeah. like, I can't beat this. Yeah. You know, and then like, you know, they live yeah. forever, you know? I so. feel like that's life in general. Like, as you said earlier too, like your our minds are so strong, our brains, like, if we tell us something, like sometimes like people get like diseases or whatever, right away they give up, like, oh, I'm done. Or like they have financial problems, they give up and it affects you, right? But when you're mentally like, you know what? No, I'm fucking beating this. You're wiring your whole body, like the energy in your body, you're wiring your whole mind that, you know what? This is war now, right? Yeah. It's yeah. crazy. That's man. the power of perspectives. Yeah. Well, the why me, just that, that those two words yeah. can be said in two different ways, the same words. Yeah. Why me as a victim? Yeah. And then, like, okay, why me? It's like, why is this happening to me? Yeah. Right. As far as like, there's there's a, there's something in here, exactly. yeah, right? Yeah. There's a, there's a lesson. There's a exactly, change that needs to yeah. happen. There's something that like yeah. is trying to get my attention. It's like, hey, buddy, wake up. Something needs yeah. to change. Yeah. And sometimes yeah. a whisper, and when you don't listen, it gets louder. It's, bad things can start happening in your life, and it's actually the universe, in my opinion, trying to get you to shift, trying mm-hmm. to make a change, turn yeah. your awareness to something. I want to talk about something like that actually, because when you say when you go into these ayahuasca experiences, you you have perspe- you gain perspectives for them. So when you go into them, are you going there with like a goal, like mm, I want to figure this out? I remember this when I was younger. I want to maybe I'm going to try to go into this experience and see if it can unravel some information. Yeah. So like, the- or are you just go in there open minded? Usually, the recommendation is to go with an intention. Yeah, it's good to have okay. intention. Okay. But I have gone in sometimes open minded just to see, like, hey, what like, happens? teach me what I need to see in this experience. But a lot of the time, it's like an intention. And usually, the intention will play out in such an interesting way. Like, like the way it works, it's so mind boggling that this plant that some tribes, guys, yeah. it's actually two plants. They don't even grow near each other. One's a vine and mm-hmm. one's a leaf. And the leaf has the DMT in it. So if you just ate the leaf, there's enzymes in your stomach that would digest it and nothing would happen. Okay. In the vine, there's an MAO inhibitor which blocks the enzymes in your stomach from digesting <laughs> the DMT so it can go into your past your blood brain barrier. So even just like figuring that out is like mind boggling in itself. Right. How long ago they fucking 5,000 years yeah. ago. Even yeah. the jungle. Even the toad poison. All these things. Like, like how, how do you, how do you figure this shit out? How do you not extract the poison from a toad and yeah. smoke it? And smoke right? it, right? Like, and, and it's just like, it's like I, I, get, I it's like a video game. It's like you're playing Mario Brothers and like the star comes on. You're like, okay, I'll grab that. It's like, boom, like, wow, what an experience. I think there's a lot of symbolism to psychedelics and Mario Brothers, but that's a whole nother conversation. Um, mm-hmm. So you ask the intention and sometimes it'll unfold in a very clear way. Sometimes it'll be very cryptic and mm-hmm. like days later start realizing what it meant. Okay. Um, but the way it pieces things together and like it reveals it to you is like so beautiful and incredible and just like, like the aha moments are just like, what the fuck? How is yeah. it even possible? How could this plant know that? Yeah. How could it work with my mind in such a way to like deliver yeah. me this experience? It's just like so mind blowing. Yeah. Yeah. E- even like we'll segue into breath work. I have a couple questions about ayahuasca too, but even breath work can give you that. And I had that through one of your lessons. But I want to know, because you've done ayahuasca quite a few times and you've done bufo, stuff like that. Mm-hmm. What would be your top experience and what was it? Yeah. And what are there too? There seems to be so many. Yeah, yeah, different type of. For me, like ayahuasca is the ultimate because it's such a journey. Mm-hmm. Like bufo is very intense and it's amazing. It's like twenty minutes of like just complete dissolution. Like you just dissolve and you go to this like really 
high vibrational place, it feels like you touch God in a way. And I'd say that. And that, like, for many people's life changing, that one Bufo experience mm. has shifted many people. Um, so I do like it. I've had some really crazy Bufo experiences too, where maybe I did too much, <clears throat> where I was just like, thought the whole world was like dissolving and like it was crazy. But ayahuasca is like this commitment, this journey, you build a relationship, and like it's like a story unfolds about your life and you get to see it in such a beautiful way. So for me, that's my favorite. Like, I also respect all the other plant medicines, like Iboga from Africa. I've done a few times, very intense. Um, I haven't really connected with that in a way that some other people have. Um, psilocybin, which is, you know, in almost every single country in every world grows naturally. And the way that interacts with humans um, is a special one. I've done some really big experiences with psilocybin, like... The thing about psilocybin is there's no toxicity. You can't overdose. You mm. can have you can do 100 grams of it. Oh wow! You have like probably a really long crazy experience. And it's mushrooms, mushrooms, yeah. Yeah. Um, but you're not gonna die. Like there's some guys that do like 20, 30 grams in one shot. Like, Fucking mm-hmm. uh, Ty- uh, Mike Cal- Tyson talks on his have grabbed like five or six grams of shroom and just put it in his mouth and start chewing. Mid podcast. Mid podcast. And then there. by the end of it, you're just yeah. tripping. Oh, yeah. yeah. He's yeah, just yeah. fucked. It's a like, funny episode. Yeah. Well, his experience with, I believe it's DMT. 5 yeah. 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 He does the yeah. Yeah. So, So, you know, he's bringing up broad level of And you see, like, you see Mike Tyson's different. You see oh, yeah. You can see his whole life, yeah. brother. Changed his whole right? life. Again. And, like, that's a guy who was really fucked up. That's yeah, a guy yeah. whose childhood was taken away from him. Who yeah. learned to be an animal. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Coached by people who were giving bad advice, put in a ring to fight, and just, like, becoming, like, a monster. And like, look at him now. I like, remember his last fight, and he said, he's like, I can't do this. This is not me anymore. You know, mm-hmm. he's like, I'm just, I'm not the animal I was before. Yeah. And it's he was, like, he was afraid that it would reignite yeah, his ego. Yeah. And that's, and that's what he can do. Yeah. So, ego, I think that's the That's thing, a big one. Right? I, I think ego is huge. So the ego is like, it's not a bad thing. Mm. It's, it's part of your mind. It's got a layer of your mind that's there to protect you. Mm. It's there to keep you safe. Do you think that these psychedelics um, like kind of tussle with the ego? Yeah, it kind of like reshapes it, kind of reprograms it a little bit. Yeah, yeah. But like, you know, for example, like a lot of guys that you say have an ego probably grew up insecure, start going to the gym because they want to like protect that part. They don't want to feel hurt again. They don't want people to make fun of them anymore. They might have felt unsafe as a kid, you know, like. When you start looking back at what you call the ego, like there's always a backstory to like how it develops in someone's kind of, in the lens to which you see the world. It's there to protect them. You know, so if you look at all the fears you have, your ego is protecting you from other uncertainty or from those experiences. Some people are afraid to like speak in front of people. It usually happens because maybe in front of a crowd as a kid, they pissed their pants or they they rose their hand to say something in class and everyone laughed at them. Mm -hmm. Like, you know, and that one thing you forget about, but that sets the tone. The ego's Mm -hmm. like, hey, that was so painful. I never want you to feel that again. So anytime a crowd comes around, you're like immediately, it's like, hey, Mm -hmm. bad news, back off, stay away, run away. But you could beat that though. You can change it. You know, you got got to sort of go into like where the pain comes from. You got to try to find the root and start changing the story. And ayahuasca can help with that. Ayahuasca can help. But it's not a magic pill either. For sure. It'll open the door. It'll shine the light on it. Some people mm-hmm. do ayahuasca and like it's very clear next day what they need to do to change. Yeah. A lot of people get the message, but now they need that integration. And integration is yeah. like a huge part of psychedelics and anything. Like you have an experience with breath work. Like how do you integrate that now into your everyday patterns to make it change? Mm-hmm. You know? Um, yeah, and I think that's worth going into too. Like you, you said, you, you mentioned the breath work. Well, my too. first time doing breath work, and I, I was scared because. Um, that's how I met Gio because my life coach Zark brought, he put together a group of men, mm-hmm. which is my first experience with just men too, which is cool. And that's cool in itself. Went to Elemental and then met Gio right before he left for Costa Rica and he that's took right. us through his breath work mm-hmm. and it's like super powerful. That's like it's just natural, like 
no nothing no what does that look like run through that for us like <clears throat> yeah so um i knew nothing about breathwork and i saw a video of wim hof once and i was like this is like 2014 so this is before he was really yeah exactly super popular yeah much before and i had a podcast at the time and i'm like i'm gonna meet this guy one day like i was super because we used to have these little gatherings mm. where we like just chat like talk about like i found a few people who are mm. like a little bit crazy like mm. me mm. and we just talk about things that were different and like I found this video I'm like guys gonna watch this so watch this guy doing all these crazy feats climbing mountains in the shorts and um they were like doing these studies on him and world records and i'm like i'm gonna meet this guy one day i told my wife that and then i reached out to him I'm like hey you you know we got this podcast you want to be on it what do you think he's like yeah let's do it so we, we we went on we totally clicked he's like you should come we're doing a teacher train the first one in la and I'm like, oh, it'd be cool. I get to meet this guy. I'll take a picture. Um, <laughs> good for my Instagram. Like, just thinking, like, all the ego stuff. Yeah, of, like, yeah, right, right. you know, this is early in my journey. And and so I go there and I meet him. I do the ice bath, the breath work. I'm like, oh, this is cool. It's like, yeah, you have to come to the full training in Colorado. We're going to go in the mountains. And I'm like, yeah, that's what I really want. Those would be awesome. Again, pictures, experience. <laughs> and so I go there and I meet, like, 30 other people from around the world, different walks of life, different ages, different ethnicities, mainly men, but a few women as well. And they start, everyone's going around the circle telling their story of, like, you know, like, how they got there. And, like, people are overcoming addiction with, like, breathwork and ice baths. And people are, like, recovering from, like, all kinds of physical ailments and cancer and and um, all kinds of different depression, anxiety. And it gets to me, I'm like, yeah, I'm just here to, for the photo op, you know, like... <laughs> And I was just being honest, like, hey, like, I knew nothing about breath work. I thought it was interesting. I thought Wim was cool, and I wanted to show up here. And, and halfway through the retreat, it was it was amazing. Like, I thought I lost my toes in this doing this like cold plunge in like a lake, a frozen lake, for like ten minutes. Oh. And like, I got I couldn't feel my feet for like forty five minutes. Like, I thought like frostbite. Like, they're gonna have to cut them off again. I'm thinking my wife's like, you fucking idiot. You see, you do these stupid things. <laughs> but they came back. <laughs> and he brings us through this like deeper breathing exercise. So the Wim Hof method, which is awesome. Um, and then he brought us through like something else where we just kind of like, he was playing this drum and getting us to follow these kind of like patterns and like, going like more intense, more intense, more intense. And then all of a sudden I have this like out of body experience. Wow. And I'm like, I feel like I'm floating around the top of the room like looking down at everybody. And like, as soon as I realize that, I'm just like, what the fuck is going on? I like, snap back into my body and I start crying and I feel like I'm like reborn as like a baby. Yep. And I'm crying, like, like just this, like, letting go, relentless, no holding back. Like, when you're a kid and you just cry, that I hadn't allowed myself to do since yeah. I was probably a kid. You know, I'm like, you yeah. told me about I that. I yeah. first time. I'm like 35 years old, yeah, yeah, yeah. and it felt so good. Just, yeah. it a bunch just, of men crying, man. It just oh. felt so good. And yeah, I was just, good. like, allowed myself to release all of this, like, yeah. pressure and pain and yeah. struggle and like what it means to be a man these days and trying to always like hold like mm. like all this shit and i just let it go and after i was like what the fuck was that like that was something special yeah. so i want to throw something in right now a little, a little of you you, t you said a lot of the people that they were men right mm -hmm. do you feel it's because men don't like to talk about their feelings they're very restrained to themselves or they like we we've a lot of men i feel like build up this life where it's like they get into this routine of like work nine to five and their whole life just like as you said you woke up you looked at your hands and you, it looked like you know like your grandparents hands or whatever you feel like it's a lot of men that just go down this like path that they just get lost and they need to like figure out life again i think a lot of men are struggling yeah 
I think a lot of men are struggling because they feel certain feelings and they don't yeah. want to talk to yeah. or don't know how to talk about it. There's right? no platform. Nobody's speaking up. And I think you know? what Wim Hof did was he showed like, hey, I'm a fucking macho man. Yeah. Like I can do whatever the fuck yeah. I want. I'm going to jump in a fucking frozen lake and climb Mount Everest yeah. and break all these records. But like, you know, like I still have this modality. So it attracted a lot of guys. Yeah. They're interested in the macho-ness yeah. of it and start having these deep introspective experiences with yeah. breathwork. I think that's like also myself. Like I attracted a lot of guys into like my classes. Yeah. Cause like they see me as kind of interesting guy. Like I don't know if it'd be cool or not, but like, Hey, it's a guy, yeah. you know, cause in the past you go like the breath work, meditation, yoga, it's like 90% women. Yeah. Right. But now it's kind of shifting a bit where, you know, like you have like Joe Rogan's talking about has Wim Hof on there and talking about like breath work and psychedelics. And it's like now all it's about cool. these, like <laughs> it's cooler now, yeah. you know? Um, and, and, and there's a lot of more male personalities that are into it, that are talking about yeah. it. And, you know, like, I don't try to say it's going to be spiritual or anything. I said, you make up your own opinion, what words you want to put to it, you know, but a lot of guys, like it gives them opportunity just to let go of this shit they're holding on. And I think crying is a natural part of being human. You got to cry, man. And I think like, like a man who has love in his heart is going to be way more dangerous than like someone that just doesn't give a fuck. Like, Mm -hmm. like, you know what I mean? So they're just not showing that they give a fuck. They're holding it. Like people that are like just like angry and upset and want to be dangerous because they need to prove themselves right. versus someone that's someone to lose that really has a lot of love that will die for fucking the mm. love in his heart. Like I, I would rather fight the guy who's just like fucked up yeah. because yeah. like he doesn't give a shit. 100%. Yeah. But the guy who's you know defending his kids and his family, he's gonna fight you to death. Like oh, yeah. you're, you're you're one of you is gonna die. You know. So you know, and then like there's this interesting conversation right now, which I think is also fucked up with, with like toxic masculinity and true masculinity, and I know like. You know, I heard you guys mention like Andrew Tate earlier and like there's some people that really take it too far on one extreme. And I think there's a lot of people that are confusing kids about like talking about like you can be a cat, you can be this, you can be that, like all this like sexuality yeah, culture, stuff the at a young culture, age. Yeah. And I think, you know, like I, I don't agree with that either as well. I, I believe they're archetypes. I believe like some people are more masculine, some people are more feminine. Um and I think it's up to each individual to find what that means to yeah, them and, right. not, and try not to judge others for it. Yeah, you know? Right, right. Um, but there's something about the tribe. There's something about being around other men that's super powerful. I do men's work. And mm-hmm. I see how powerful it is for men to get together with other men. You know, it's obvious men and women are not equal physically. Mm-hmm. You know, you see like these crazy shit. They're letting like these be careful, guys. Be careful. <laughs> no, no, I'm, 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 fucking, I'm fucking around with you. No, that's what I'm saying. I'm, 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 I'm saying because like we. I'll we, have a conversation yeah, with anyone yeah, as long yeah. as we respect each other. Let's talk about the topic. Yeah, yeah. But like, if I had a daughter that was swimming for a national championship yeah. and swimming against this guy, I would lose my shit. Yeah. Like, like that is not fair. Hundred percent. You know, like that's just not fair. Like, mm-hmm. why does he swim against other guys? He's getting yeah. his ass kicked. He sucks. Hundred percent. You know. But it happened the, recently, right? In the, yeah, there's a guy in the it, states. Yeah, so in the, I don't even want to say his name because he doesn't even deserve yeah. what, what to be talked about. Yeah, but it makes me so upset because, like, you know, like there's certain things that we can push for equality on that make yeah. sense that have nothing to do with 100%. with characteristics of man mm. or swim. But there's other things that are just like it shouldn't be. Mm. You know, I think you said it right. It comes down to like that individual and how they want to perceive, how they want to you know overcome their own insecurities or whatever it may be but it always comes down to the individual because everyone's living a different life right, right. And, and the first thing that i tell everyone is whatever the media is saying look beyond that because yeah. there's always an ulterior motive of what they're trying to push there's Big an agenda time. yeah so if they want something i'll start like really looking into okay what's behind this is there money to be made is it like a political agenda they're trying to like what's what's going on you know on, what's right? going on yeah. and then have a conversation about what the possibilities are that's a big and part someone yeah. that does a really good job with that is joe rogan oh, yeah amazing incredible he, he, he can walk that middle line and just yeah. ask the right questions yeah. and then when you ask enough questions 
people start realizing, hey, actually, I don't know what I'm talking about. Yeah. I heard someone say it, so now I say it. Yeah. You know, and it goes for both sides. Even the things you believe in, you should question. Why yeah. do I believe in this for? You know, it's because everyone else said everyone it. Everyone else, or I was just told that this is right. it. Yeah, no. Right, and for me, I get to check myself a lot of times. And like, I was vegetarian for 13 years. I started eating meat again, and the first thing was like. People, what are people going to think? Oh, you changed your mind. Oh, you did this. People who are vegetarian are going to judge me now. I was like, oh, oh, we know we came, you know. (laughs) And it was like, and I saw how powerful that was. Like the first time I ate meat, it was like my mind was, okay, you can only do this once a month. Start putting all these rules in. Like, hey, you can't go all the way. You can't do this. You can't do that. And then I was like, whoa, like that's a really strong program I got in there around that. Because a lot of the reasons why I did it originally was like based on philosophy, based on some spiritual things I was reading, based on health, some things I believed to be true at the time. And, but I still always follow the other side. Like I follow these guys doing the carnivore diet because I want to hear what they say. Mm, you know, that's like good. whenever I have an opposing view that I feel triggered, I want to know why they're you so, want, no, I don't no. know why they're so passionate about it. There must be a reason. Either yeah, exactly. they believe something that's not true or they believe something that's true no. that I don't know. Cause what people are telling me, I haven't heard the other side of the story. I think that's what we mentioned too, is like, we need to live in a society where we can have conversations yeah. on topics that I might not agree on. You might not agree on, but instead of shutting somebody out or instead of, I noticed that when people don't like somebody or don't like something that somebody says, they a they try to like they, they resort to violence or like hatred comments, stupid comments, right? Because mm-hmm. that's like their own. You attack the person, yeah. not the topic, and yeah. especially when people feel challenged when someone poses a question they can't answer. Exactly. Right? you're racist. You're a uh, uh, um, sexist. Yeah. You're this. You're yeah. that. Like immediately, and now the way cancel culture is, like people are afraid because they know that everyone's going to team so up on them. So yeah. afraid, and it's removing the dialogue, the freedom of speech, the the ability to be able to uh, talk about conversations. Because how do we learn things? You learn through dialogue. That's exactly how you learn. Yeah, like there was this one this one time I spoke about abortion. And I just posed a question. And I don't want to get into this topic because yeah. it's really crazy. But I had a person, I had someone in my documentary, I made a documentary about psychedelics. So after I came back and I was, oh, it was okay. kind of sharing all my experience, I thought everyone would be so excited. And they were all going to come to, to Brazil with me in the next trip. They all thought it was crazy. And I have to explain to them, hey, you know, like it's, it can be used for therapy. It can be used for this. It can be used for that. It's been studied scientifically. I started meeting all these experts. I made a documentary about it. Documentary is good. You guys should watch it. Yeah, I know, 100%. Um, one of the people that I interviewed um, has this crazy story. She's a heroin addict. She grew up in a very alcoholic father, was abused um, sexually when she was younger, and getting hooked on heroin for like, I don't know, 20 years, prostitution, all this crazy stuff. And um, she ends up, she ends up uh, finding ayahuasca and gets clean changes her life and one of the stories she shares with the shaman you know in one of the last ceremonies he's like you know um there's some spirits in your womb area did you have any abortions she's like yeah i had two and she hasn't had her period in 20 years and um he's he's like no i think you had i think you had three she's like no trust me i had two and um, he's like, listen, we got to do one more ceremony because like these things are really holding you back spiritually. It's causing a lot of problems for you. Mm-hmm. And so they do the last ceremony and he's like, okay, I think we're at peace because she had to be at peace with her decision to end those lives because they were actual like life inside of her body. And, and she goes on the plane to go home and she has her first menstrual cycle after th- 20 years of not having Holy it, like on shit. the plane ride home. And she goes to tell her mother the story. Her mother's like, Lisa, you don't remember. When you were really fucked up, you actually had a third abortion. And the point I was trying to tell people in what I was saying was like, listen, it's your body, your choice. Yeah. Whatever you want to do, you want to do. But you got to think of the implication 
that it might have on you energetically and spiritually because there's more to it than just hey this is not going to be convenient for me or hey i made a mistake mm-hmm. or hey something happened which i think listen everyone should have their own choice to do that like i'm not going to choose anything no. for anyone else but they should have more awareness to that decision what's the toll it's going to take is it safe like all these kind of things um and so like as i posed that immediately it was like you're a man you you can't even have this conversation like this this and that is okay shut like, the I was, dialogue off exactly. i was trying to say something to like bring like Educate an intention yeah, that i thought yeah, like yeah. hey like if there's someone i cared about i don't want to have this conversation with them in a way that's like hey like you should just at least consider this right right yeah. and think. you know i think the bigger problem is like over sexualization of like all people like having like crazy sex and it's all over the news and fucking you look at instagram it's like you're watching like porn like like it's like crazy. It's, it's crazy and it just gets you in this mind of like hyper sexualization mm-hmm. which is not healthy for men or women mm-hmm. and it creates this really kind of um dangerous society of like like people are divorced people can't keep relationships and the toll of that on kids hey maybe it is better not to have kids at all like i don't know like it's it's a bigger conversation but i think you know people should be more cautious about who they have partners with and that's a whole other thing like energy energetics of like when you have sex with somebody like you're making a connection with that person and like you're picking up a lot of energy Mm -hmm. you know what Um, it is it's like you said it perfectly it's so like it's it's become so normal now right before like i if i'm gonna say like just um, talk about like my parents time right sex was like a marriage thing you have you get married and that's like the first time it was a special thing special thing Mm -hmm. it was a very special thing and there's a connection there's a bonding there's something it's even said it there's like there's ways now you can sexual techniques or whatever that you're actually together it's like you're unifying two like uh, like was energies or whatever whatever it may be but now it's so like it's lost the connection it's, it's just it's, it's very it's, physical it's, it's like, like drinking water it's, it's, like it's become just a thing. very physical it wants to be a yeah. porn star yeah. wants to like have this physical experience yeah. which is no different than taking drugs or, or alcohol or all these other addictions mm. but like and i'll ask anyone listening is like was that something actually made love and actually was like passionate about the person and really connected mm. with them in that process you know do you even do that you know, mm-hmm. like, sometimes you forget about that. It's like, hey, let's get this done. You know, let's let's get into it. And so, like, fuck, you know, again, yeah. like, I don't know if that's right or wrong. Yeah. This is just me asking the questions and seeing what's going on and, mm-hmm. like, trying to form an opinion to have a conversation that's not about, like, I'm not right, but let's talk about it. Exactly. Let's see, like, if we can have an open dialogue about some of these issues that are obviously, like, I have kids in this world, yeah. you know, and I see, like, fuck, it's a crazy world to grow up in right now. 100%. Mm-hmm. It's a crazy world to yeah. grow up in. And these but are that's conversations, part of their experience, right? Yeah, these are conversations that we should have, but our society tries to stray away from it. You know, we talk about the sexual influences, you know, look at people like Cardi B, for example, or uh, Wet Ass Pussy, like songs like that. Like, these things are not necessarily uh, demonized by the media and our and our culture. They're more celebrated as if it's, it's something like... Like music since probably, like, Maybe in the 2000s, it's like, for me, it's garbage. It's all manufactured movies. Like, even, like, if you look at the direction, like, some of these big, I don't want to mention names, but, like, the direction they're going is, like, they have such an agenda in the music to drive culture so. and to change it. It seems like and, that. And to, like, try to push something through. Yeah. It and seems you like know, you know what I found in love with recently? I watched the movie Elvis, the new Elvis movie that uh-huh. came out. And then... When I was watching it, it was like these 60s or 70s soul music, right? Uh-huh. And I was like, what is this? And I went down this like whole rabbit hole and just started listening to soul music. And I'm like, it's so You feel the passion. Yeah, the passion. High vibe, the high you vibe. see them. You see like when they're singing it, they their, put their energy, heart and soul into it. In yeah. it. And I'm like, yeah, you feel this that. is music. Like yeah. I had goosebumps watching it. And like I was driving around and I'm, 
listening to the song. I have like my top down, everything. And like people are looking at me and I'm like, yeah, because it's not fucking like hip hop or like, you know, the common day stuff. It's something that's so like, you know. You know, it's funny. I always, and if you're like, think you're conscious of this, you'll see people, if you hear like cars drive by or like you're in traffic or whatever, mm. the ones that are blasting music is like hip hop and stuff. Cause like it might be like the accepted one mm. to like blast. I don't really. It I, could be obnoxious I, though too. Like, it can be. Yeah. But I, I rarely will hear other types, maybe some house music here mm. and there. But like, then you have like the other types of music that people might just be scared to. Put the windows out because how they will be looked at because it's not you know like I don't listen to anything that's mainstream at all. Mm -hmm. I fucking blast that shit all day Mm -hmm. because it's like there's you can agree the high vibe and there's low vibe. Mm -hmm. You know the higher frequency, like even like the frequency of music and this kind of gets into conspiracy stuff. They change it from like four thirty two to like four forty and like the the hertz at which the vibration the music plays like has an effect on the human nervous system and the way your mind works and shit like that. And you know like. It's crazy, man. It's it's, it's, it's it's like, it's like it just that music just connected with me, and now it's like, like I want to go to places like that. I'm like, fuck, like I went, to, I was at a club yesterday, and we were sitting down, and I'm like, this is so boring, like this is fun, but I'm like, I want to be like in a setting where I'm sitting with like like a bunch of people. There's a live, you know, band, and they're singing like with passion, you know. And I'm like, that would be fun to have, but like, I think like as you said, like there's an agenda, and like there's music has changed and they now they know what kids like and what they're attracted to is all this dumb shit yeah right yeah but the 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 thing about life is you can choose to change that you can create whatever you want you know you may want to do something different go against the grain again it's that uncertainty it's like hey i don't know if i want to do something outside of my comfort zone exactly but that's where a lot of beauty lies you know just doing something for the right reasons you know not because hey it's gonna be super profitable everyone else is doing it or i don't want to look bad it's like hey like i have a passion and this would be something cool i'd want to like yeah Exactly. And that's something you said earlier about like, you you know, you strove into the abyss, into the unknown. And I think that's something very powerful for like the listeners and the viewers out there is to you know, don't avoid the unknown. Because, you know, when you make a big decision, it takes you into the unknown, right? You don't know what's going to happen. But that's where the growth is. That's exactly where the growth is. And that's like a testament to like kind of your story. You were curious. It You went into the unknown and it led to all these other people and things and events. Well, yeah, like the, the place I built. So, yeah, so after doing the Wim Hof train, I came back mm-hmm. to Toronto. I was the first one in Canada. And mm-hmm. like I started doing these events downtown. They were busy. And like I just kind of became like a Wim Hof minion, right? Like, mm-hmm. You know, you kind of doing their thing, which was fine. I liked it. The community was cool. But like I wanted to have my own place. So I, I created my own style, which which I felt brought people a lot deeper to that experience that I, I kind of had because I was chasing that. I was, I was able to recreate it because mm-hmm. Wim Hof experience is a little bit different than that. Like it's more about a couple rounds of breathing, holding your breath. And so I'm like, Kenya space. So I end up going to look at the first place that I saw was this empty shell. The, the address was 999 Edgley Boulevard. So like the numerology right. was kind of interesting. It was yeah. like a sign. Mm-hmm. It was empty. So I'm like, fuck, I'm going to just do it. I didn't know what I was even doing there. And I signed this lease. I put my name on the line. I, I ended up creating like a float studio because someone told me it was it was a great business and it was easy, which is very challenging, the float business. And I was over schedule, over budget. I had all my life savings on the line. And I got myself stuck in this situation where I was like, if this thing fails, I'm going to lose everything. Yeah, and I'm going to live with my in-laws. Yeah. But it brought up that fear in me, which was something I really need to face in such a beautiful way. Like, this was an ayahuasca. This is a life experience that got me to really check in and see, like, what am I really afraid of? Judgment. Like, I tried to f- pick out a specific person that was worried about them judging me and, and, and how, like, like people from high school, like, anyone that that would judge me for failing, like, oh, you hear about Giovanni, he fucking lost his house. I couldn't think of anyone that actually mattered. And all the people that would support me would still been with me mm. together. Mm. 
And so I had to make a decision. I was like, I can keep running in this fear mode. So at the time I started like smoking butts, people were working construction there. I was doing the construction, helping myself. So I managed the whole job. They're smoking. I started smoking. I started drinking wine at night because I was so nervous and stressed. Waking up early in the morning, going, working all day, coming back. Nine months, or wait, May till February, I'm drained completely. And now I got to open and market this new launch, this business mm-hmm. myself. And I was done. And so the first six months, I was in fear mode, just like not a lot of people are coming. Like it takes time to build a business. Mm-hmm. But I was hoping like open the door, busy, Fucking day one. Fucking line up, packed, money and coming like, in. like, I fucked up. Woodbridge is not ready for this. No one, like this is not a big enough market. All the reasons why I should fail. Then I was like in fear mode. So I was attracting those kind of people into the business. And once I started that realization, I was like, you know what? I accept failure. If I'm supposed to fail, then fuck it. I'm going to figure out, figure it out. But what I will do until that day comes is I'm going to make sure every single person that comes through here, my intention was to create a place that I needed when I was going through my, my kind of journey that didn't exist. And I want to like be there for people mm. and I want to let them know that I'm here for them. And I want to let them know that like in this space here, you're safe to talk about whatever you want, be whoever you want and to feel good and use the services. And as soon as I change that, like different people started coming. Some employees left, new employees came and you started having this different energy to attract. And what happened was like the business like just started running, like it never made a lot of money, but I never had to put money back in after that. It was self-running. What, it was, it was just paying itself and getting by, you know, but I started meeting all these incredible people that wanted to do business, changing my network, really mm-hmm. wealthy people that would just find me and be curious and like, it just created mm-hmm. something that I could never even imagine in those moments, yeah. like what it was going to be, yeah. because I had this picture of like fail or succeed. And then like, if it fails, like what's going to happen to me? I couldn't see beyond what I couldn't see, you know? And, and there's, there's a friend of mine, John Jacob. Um, he's also a, like a spiritual teacher. And he was talking about, when we were in Peru a few months ago about, you know, there's the stuff that you know, you know that you know, you know, you're a real estate agent, mm-hmm. you know about, you know, skins, you know this, you know that, you know, whatever. And there's stuff you know that you don't know. Like, you know that you're not a fucking black belt. You know that you can't speak Chinese. I don't know, maybe you do. Like, you know that stuff. But there's the stuff you don't know that you don't know. Mm -hmm. You know? Mm -hmm. And that's all the stuff that still has to come into your life that's going to surprise you. That's a new opportunity. That's, you know, that just is beyond. It could be beyond that next door, that next person that walks through. And that's the mystery of life that we have to get excited for. Not focusing on the things we know or we don't know. It's just being open to possibility and opportunity. And I didn't even think about that back then. And I look back now and like the online business I have, the breathwork business I have all came because I was able to create that space yeah. with an intention. Wow. Yeah. That's amazing crazy, to see. Right? And you, you also mentioned spirit. I want to kind of dive into this a bit if you guys want to, because I'm always so curious about, we've had some guests on talking about similar things and you mentioned spirituality. What does spirituality look like to you? And is there, does there need to be a religious uh, type of connotation to it or is it open in a sense? I, I think, you know, um, there shouldn't be any, you know, a lot of people connect to religion because like, again, that was the lens that they were able to see God through. Mm-hmm. But a lot of the times I feel like religion can present a barrier to spirituality. You have to go through the church. You have to do things a certain way where you're not having these really deep mystical spiritual experiences that mm-hmm. you may have in breath work or meditation or in going out into the forest, or spending time in nature, you have these moments of like feeling connected to something greater. And so, however that translates into Jesus or Buddha or Muhammad or whatever you believe in is, is, is by me, it's fine. And I, I like to like inquire about all these things and open my perspectives of how they describe what God is. Because I think 
ultimately there's a divine creator that's created this experience. Mm-hmm. It, it's 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 too magical just to be a random chance. It's perfect. It's perfect. Perfect. All the darkness weather, is perfect. Everything. All the light is perfect. It yeah. balances it yeah. out. Without the darkness, you don't have that contrast to mm. to experience what the joys are mm. in that same way of like how real it is. Like even like some of the craziest painful experiences, you wake up, it's like I'm alive. Like yeah. I was able to feel mm-hmm. like a goosebumps. Mm-hmm. I got mm-hmm. fucking attacked at, at Summer Days camp a couple of weeks ago by like a fucking horde of wasps. I hit a wasp nest. And I got destroyed. Luckily, five minutes before, I was getting eaten by mosquitoes. And I'm so grateful for them because I went to put a sweater on and, like, tied it up so I wouldn't get mangled by the mosquitoes. I hit this nest and, like, they just came at me, coming in my face, all over my body, like, hundreds of wasps running through the forest. I would pass the fuck out. I would die. (laughs) And, like, just, like, they're they're finding, like, I see them on my sweater trying to get through, but they couldn't. But they found my ankles were exposed. I got, like, 30 fucking stings. They were going after my face, but they couldn't because I had the hood on. But then after, I was like, what a rush. What an experience that was. It was like, it was almost enjoyable to be like, what the fuck? I'm alive. Like, like I felt like I fucking with these guys. They're like, fuck you, don't fuck with us because this is my home. And like, they came after me. And then the lesson for me was, dude, why are you working so much? You're here in the forest. You volunteer to fucking rake the things. Just fucking relax, dude. It was such a nice interaction that had to wake me up. It had to jolt me because. Obviously, it wasn't enough that I need to relax. That the messages I was getting was yeah. like, listen, I was getting enough messages. Like, I feel tired. I'm working too much. I'm stressed. But this was like, okay, buddy. And it was like this this kind of like called spiritual God. The universe was like sending me a message. It's like, hey, man, it's I okay to that. relax. And so I think spirituality could be anything. But I think there's these universal truths where it's like, don't be an asshole. Mm-hmm. You know, don't judge people. Like, you know, do good. You know, like... Have an opinion, but like base it in something. Find passions, you know, be passionate yeah. to be alive. Like all these things that a lot of the spiritual religions, they talk about the core, it's don't very, steal. Yeah, it's like There's the a lot yeah. of similarities. Yeah. And so if you can base your spirituality on some principles, it's like, yeah, but it doesn't have to be a religion. Yeah, it doesn't, okay. You know, it can be, and yeah. it doesn't mean that someone who's religious, you know, is anything wrong with that. Yeah. I think it's amazing, you know, to have structure yeah. like and I framework. See, I see it in my parents, like when my mom prays, sometimes she'll be praying and she'll be crying. And I'm like, Fuck, like you must be in like a deep spiritual connection that you're full out tearing mm-hmm. up while you're praying. I'm like, mm-hmm. I want to experience this, you know? But it's like, it's, it's, it's like, that's what I like. I would have this conversation about religion is like every religion, like, there's it all says the same thing, where right? you said it be a good person, don't kill, don't steal, don't, you know, commit sin, whatever it may be. And it's like, it's just people start to take the religion then and make it their own narrative of how they want to push it right and you've seen it as society as as decades and civilization have gone through everything all the wars and everything has been on religion right and it's like it took away from the meaning of what religion was right when it was brought forth it was brought to educate and humble people Mm -hmm. and like provide morality yeah well like sometimes you look at it as like it's a control mechanism yeah put the fear of god in people yeah. and then we can control them yeah right but but put some good stuff in there too yeah. so like you know they can see and that's kind of where you have to discern yeah. like hey is this really resonating with me yeah, like yeah. or not yeah. or not you know um so you believe there is a divine cre- creator though you absolutely that? yeah yeah mm-hmm. absolutely you know like do you believe there's multiple universes or we're the only universe i don't know what i believe anymore as far as what this reality is <laughs> yeah. um I feel like every black what I know for yeah. what I what I strongly believe is whatever we think it is is not what it yeah, is. I know. Um, just look, it just keeps going, brother. Like, <laughs> like 
you know, like, so same thing. So, like, what I said, like, when I try to look into other things, like, I start hearing all these people talk about flat earth. I'm like, that's fucking retarded. Like, yeah, I think the that fuck too. is flat earth? Yeah, yeah. But I started really trying to, like, listen to their arguments. Yeah. And after hearing it, I was like, okay, it could be possible. And, like, it's like a, like, one of the things, like, they show a map, and it's this kind of, like, boggled my mind. It's like, imagine Antarctica's not at the bottom. That's the okay. short. Because, like, they have pictures of a globe in, like, 1920, before NASA even existed. So, how'd they know then, like, there was an actual globe? that the world was round and like even under antarctica like there's maps from way long ago that shows below, below the ice that like antarctica what the continent actually looked like before they had the radar but anyways they're like imagine it was like this and like you know asia's here and like it's, it's just round and antarctica is not a, a, an island it's actually a wall around the whole thing and if you look at flight paths the flight paths are not straight on a globe they go like this if you look at look at any kind of like map where the flights go they go like this but when you put on a flat map, they all go straight, which kind of like boggled my mind yeah, too. And no one know. flies directly over Antarctica because it you can't. This is what they say. This is all their arguments. I was like, oh, that's interesting. But then they're like, yeah, Antarctica is the most protected place in the world. It's all army there. Like, why? It's just ice. Because they're trying to keep us in this fucking area. And beyond that is like where the other worlds are. It's like Mars is actually, the flat plane goes on forever and there's other spaces places that have this kind of dome over it that's containing a civilization but we're like ants in a fucking ant house or like fish oh. in a fishbowl the fish don't know what's outside fuck, the fishbowl we go and look at them yeah. like you know, look at these fish they yeah. don't know fucking what the fuck's going on imagine just like way smarter than us that's outside a dome that's like oh those stupid humans you know like that's interesting we're here doing something for them who knows maybe we're mining gold for them that they need so like we're like happy enough to be happy like a dog but you know dog was in its cage you tie it up yeah. it's happy enough but yeah. it's kind of like a slave to a human right 100 so i was like oh. my dog and, show, and i'm so. not trying to say like i believe that but i'm just open to the possibility like oh that kind of makes okay. sense it makes sense true. what you're saying right and they talk yeah. about people like like that cross the ice wall like this is a crazy conspiracy mm. stuff so people listening to this like take it with a grain of salt but like game of thrones like, shit i want to hear I'm, I'm rabbit holing this exactly later. like game I'm of thrones this. like the ice wall it's kind of yeah. like they tease it in these things yeah. like what's beyond the wall yeah. mm-hmm. you know mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. like um the king of the north and you see like these crazy buildings and like our history i think is all bullshit mm-hmm. um you see like, crazy buildings in north america that look like ancient greece like look at the world expos of like the 18 18- 70s and they tore them all down apparently buddy the pyramids the fucking pyramids there's crazier shit in north america yeah, underwater in the, in the, stuff i heard in south america in, in the amazon with the new uh technology they have they're uncovering crazy uh, civilizations that crazy they're like shit. Li- they're so there was a thing i read it said that in the amazon about i don't know how many thousands of years ago there was at least 20 to 30 million people not thousand years. I would say like hundreds of years years ago, there was like twenty to thirty million people that lived there, because they could, they see all this infrastructure and like these like waterways and stuff, and they're uncovering it now through this uh, signal or technology that they have, and it just changes the whole way. And they're like they were all wiped out because of like some disease or whatever it came, but it's like there's so much we don't fucking. There's know. a there's lot so of crazy shit. Like when you start going down these rabbit holes. And you start seeing like how is that even possible like even our history i think is a lot of it's bullshit like history is always written by whoever went the war and yeah, i think like, right. they've mm-hmm. kind of like changed a lot yeah. of stuff for sure um yeah i guess we could save this whole conversation for another yeah, podcast no, but, um, <laughs> you could go deep eh? but <sighs> you know like are aliens real <laughs> yeah we yeah could, we could go deep but, but, I th- but for me it's like i don't try to like lose sleep over it it's just like it's interesting just to like think yeah. about like hey that could be possible like i'm not gonna listen to whatever they say you know like did well, they I smoke a joint so recently funny. i just go on youtube and i i choose a topic i want to go into 
and I'll just be like, you're learning, brother. And it's just yeah. like, it's fun because it's just some stuff may be so like, you're like, like as, for example, the flat earth, like this. But it's like when you just like educate yourself and you watch it and you're like, so people actually think like this. Yeah. This is cool. I think like, I need you know? to dig into flat earth well, well, because well, someone just sent me a DM this morning. Mm. I've never touched on flat earth in my life. I didn't either. Random. I don't even long. talk to this person, okay? I don't even talk to this person. I just got a random DM sent of a video reel. Some guy using a compass, putting a magnet in the middle of a flat earth map with Antarctica as like the, as the border. And showing like, as you travel, like north is always the center. Like As you go west, the, the compass is always uh, directed. Like the north is always attracted by that magnet. So north is always the center. So essentially people are just traveling in circles. I've never touched on flat earth in my life. So it's just funny how I just got that this morning. And, and now we're talking, about, and now we're talking about this. So I'm going to go research after. There you go. <laughs> yeah. and, and the one thing that was interesting about all these things is like, if someone can make a YouTube video that's so compelling to convince me, yeah. I imagine someone with a multi-billion dollar budget that could create like something, uh, yeah. how easy they could convince me of, of anything. You know, and I've seen some documentaries that have challenged like mainstream views. And I'm like, well, if they can convince me this, like it doesn't mean what I've heard could just be equally as false. Imagine these media outlets that are getting pumped of hundreds of millions of dollars what they're pushing and they go over there. One thing yeah. I'll tell you with the human mind, if it's repeated enough times, yeah people start to believe it mm. and so that's why it's so important like in a daily practice to have a mantra of something you repeat about yourself i'm strong i'm healthy like repetition is what reprograms the repetition plus emotions what reprograms the conscious mind so the news is like fear and repetition so you have a very strong emotion and fear and it starts reprogramming your mind you gotta so wear you masks can, like, you i think we saw gloves. that by, the you past three years right? you gotta have hand Shut it sanitizers and put your you own know? program in exactly you know? Exactly. there's power in curiosity well this was a very insightful conversation and uh we got to do a round two because mm. like yeah yeah you know what i you know what i want to do i think if you're open to this we want to do a round two at your spot we can set up something there where it's like yeah we set up something yeah. cool with like we do like an experience and then we get into a conversation I'll put with, you in the ice bath yeah. on camera oh, 100 oh, oh, i would love that i'll do max in five seconds i'll bro. do whatever okay. i'm open five to seconds. whatever i will listen to what you direct me to. Okay. yeah no actually, i want to experience that man like but the thing is like i never knew we had a spot in because i know about the other ship downtown but it's like so many people it's so busy now i feel and it's like you know i want to go somewhere where i'm like okay let me first like I like to do stuff first experience it and then it's like okay now i'll open myself mm -hmm. out mm -hmm. you know so where is it what is it called what's the location we yeah. can drop it in we'll put all the information as yeah well. elemental um wellness studio in bond and uh, just elemental rhythm online for breathwork stuff um and then we have personal development school is another one of our online websites to check out for more like that's kind of more like subconscious mind stuff um, elemental rhythms all about breathwork and some also some really cool courses on there and then the physical space is Elemental Wellness Studio. Yeah, Vaughn. yeah, we'll go do the session. Let's do it. I'm so down. I want to yeah. do like I want to actually just, we'll, experience we'll a proper this, breath we'll work, session. cold bath. Yeah, we'll do we'll do two podcasts, but then we should actually experience. Yeah, it. yeah. yeah. I, I want to do it. I've never done it before, and I feel like I'm ready. Like, oh, yeah, I experience uh, something. Blow your mind. I need some. I need a change in my life. I need something different. It'll, I, just, I feel it'll, like life is too. Like, I think you're ready. Yeah. You're ready, yeah. Denzel. Let's go. Uh, so do I leave Saluna? Do I not go to Madame Mazzalini? Do I not party anymore? Let's see. We'll find out next time. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but you know what? It doesn't have to be so cut and dry. You can still do things that you like, but like, do them with a different you know, kind of intention. Mm -hmm. Even with like, a lot of people are like, oh, so once you become more spiritual conscious, like, I guess you can't make money anymore. I was like, no. You make more. Absolutely. And you do different things with it. It's not mm -hmm. about buying Rolls Royces and Ferraris, but like, what can I do to create impact? What can I right. do to make an amazing experience or something that's really going to bring me a lot of joy, fulfillment, and purpose? 
and, you know, just, you just shift your lens a little bit and, 100%. and do whatever you want. So you have to, you don't have to limit yourself to anything. You're always in the driver's seat. I feel like traveling is the main thing that does that. Right. And it's like, you get to experience, like we lived in this bubble. So you travel to escape your life. Of course. But why don't you make your life country, travel? But that's what I'm doing now. That's, that's, like, that's my plan. That's my know? plan. Yeah. I'm trying to get out of, no, it's like everyone says Canada. I'm like, it's just, I'm trying to leave. I want to go live somewhere else for one year. Do it. You're young, man. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Just experience it. Just experience life in a different lens yeah. and perspective. It's not like, permanent. Yeah, and it's just, just takeaways. You never know, right? You see it. Because I used to judge people when they do that. And I was like, I remember my ex-girlfriend, her sister's left to, lives in Spain now. And I was like, in the beginning, we had this argument, me and her. We were like, bro, what are you doing? Like, you're fucking leaving this. Like, you know, you have potential here so much. You can make so much money. This is that. She's just like, I just want to get out. And now she's there. She's happy. She found someone. You know, and it's like her life has blossomed to what fits her, right? Mm-hmm. I feel like every person needs to experience that. And we just, it's, that's the thing. Like, we're, we're scared. We have this thing. It's like, do we take that leap or not, right? We take it in every other aspect of our life. But when it comes to, like, self-development. Well, yeah, like, nervous. you'll make a bet in a company. If it's like, hey, it's got a chance. I'll put 10 grand if yeah. I can make, oh, you might make a 10x on yeah. it. But would you take a chance if you can make a 10x improvement in your happiness or 10x improvement in your fulfillment? Perfect fucking You know, would you spend that 10k for that? Mm. Most people wouldn't. We'll we'll spend money. Like, I'll spend money on the dumbest stuff. But when it comes to, like, self-improvement, I'll double think. I'll be like, ah, should I really get a coach? Should I really do this? Is it Mm. really worth it? But then it's like... Yeah, I have problems. (laughs) (laughs) Anyways, guys, thank you for tuning in. Uh, Make sure to like, share, subscribe, and uh, shout out to Hire Swipe, very good sponsor. You know, it's a a very cool app. You guys should check it out. And uh, yeah, man, a lot of crazy shit coming. Mm -hmm. You know, we're gonna be start to we're gonna start doing a lot of remote podcasts soon. Uh, We have a few lined up, and you know, we want to give change up the vibe a little. We love sitting here and doing it and looking at Matt's beautiful face. That's a great carpet. <laughs> but it's like you know what i think it's time summer's over guys new uh, wave coming 100 peace cool. out thank you hibernation thanks peace. guys